ena mauna e tua kenei, ena awa e tere atu nei, nau mai ki te kaupapa ko whirina pōti o te wero, rua mano te kaumāwhitu, he mea tautoko nga te whakaruru hau o nga reo irirani Māori me te māngai pāho. Te Wero 2017 has been broadcast from Kirikoka, Te Wharewānana o Aotearoa in Gisborne and the Ikaroa Rāwhiti electorate before a live audience with the three candidates standing in this seat. They are Marama Fox of the Māori Party, Green Party's Dr Elizabeth Gerekere and the current MP Labour's Mecca Whaitiri. In this programme we'll be taking questions from the floor and ask that questions be directed to just one of the candidates. And in just a moment, we'll be bringing you the issues that matter to you, the people of Ikaroa Rāwhiti. This electorate extends from the north at Hicks Bay on the east coast and then south to Mata in Wellington. Included in its boundaries are the Iwi o Ngātipro, Te Aitanga Mahaki, Rongofakata, Naita Manuhiri, Rangitāne, Ngāti Kahununu and Ngāti Toa. We now turn to our three candidates contesting the seat. You have two minutes each to answer the first question. You'll be giving a bell to start, uh, another bell at 1 minute 30, and then a continuous bell with my waiatārina <laughs> at two minutes, just to let you know that your time is up. Dr Elizabeth Kerekere, to you first. You're the newest candidate to run in Ikaroa Rāwhiti, but a long-time political activist, and advocate, especially in the area of sexual violence prevention and homelessness among lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and intersex queer communities also. Your PhD major was on Takatapui identity in the 21st century. Tell me why people should vote for you and the Greens. For the Greens is about cleaning up our rivers, it's fighting climate change and it's bringing our whānau out of poverty. Other parties will have policies, but you always know that the Greens are going to take it a couple more steps way past that. We're more concerned about what is needed and what needs to happen than uh, satisfying the needs of particular sectors of society, not our people. Why you might vote for me is a background of activism, of fighting for our people at whatever level. The doctor part is very shiny and new. I only got that uh, confirmed this year, and that was because one of our kuia said... We need this information, we need you to use your skills and do this for us. So I did. I had no clue what was involved with that. And the same thing happened when they asked me to stand for Parliament. I had no clue about this. Uh, So I am learning this. And the main thing is the Green Party is based on the Treaty of Waitangi. Our kaupapa Māori is strong. We have strong Māori leadership inside our party. And we are here to fight for you. Kia ora. Just two weeks after entering Parliament as a fresh-faced member... Our next candidate voted for her whanauna, Ron Mark, as Speaker of the House, almost achieving what Winston Peters would love to do, bring down the government. But with the last-minute switcheroo of the vote, order was restored to Parliament. Māori Party co-leader Marama Fox, you have two minutes. Why should people vote for you? Uh, Kia ora whanau. Well, it's pretty easy. Two things you have to think about when you're thinking about who to vote for in this election is, one, who's going to fight for you the hardest in your election every day, every day, every day. And number two, what are the policies that support you as a whānau, that support your aspirations? Because believe it or not, we are on the precipice of greatness right now. We don't have to wait another generation of time to take the opportunity that we have. We have waited far too many generations of time. And I'm sorry, but I am over being hamstrung to a Pākehā party, no matter what colour it is, because red and blue have had their day. 
For 150 years, they have equally shared the power of our government. With the policies that they have put in place, our people have been left behind and left under uh, a foot of oppression. That oppression comes in the form of welfare. That oppression comes in the form of state housing. Yes, that provides us a home, but it's never your home. We need home ownership. We need our own people to strive and thrive for themselves. And Fano order is the way of the future. Māori Party is the way of the future. And we're not asking to hitch ourselves to their bus. We're asking them to come on our bus, because in 2050, this country will be 50% brown, and that's our future. Make the decisions now for our tamariki mokapuna for all of our future. Kia ora mai tata. Kia ora marama. Finally, to the incumbent Member of Parliament for Ikaroa Rāwhisi, the first woman ever to be elected in this electorate, Labour Party spokesperson for local government and environment and associate spokesperson food safety and primary industries, Mika Whaitiri. Your two minutes, please, on why you deserve people's votes. For 70 years, Labour's enjoyed uh, holding a seat here in Ikaroa but we shouldn't take that for granted, and I'm not taking that for granted. One thing I know about our electorate is that you actually have to know our people, you have to know how to serve our people, and I'm proud to say that uh, you know, for eight years I helped negotiate a Rongwhakata treaty claims, which isn't easy when you're living in Wellington and commuting back home and getting your ears pulled by your aunties and your uncles. Um, but I'm also proud to say that I've also managed and presented Kopapa Māori, particularly around Kohanga, around Kura Kopapa, around iwi authorities. And all I'm saying, people, is uh, over the last four years, while I've been your representative in Parliament, there are two big issues that I've championed on your part. One is the Tūru Whenua, and I'm proud to say that we have caused that to stop. That's and I'm also, also proud that of my electoral office, we've helped 70 whānau into housing. And that's a big issue confronting our people here. So, like I said, I'm pleased to stand on the stage with these two wonderful women. The choice is yours. Make an informed choice. I put my record before you all. Kia ora tato. Kia ora. Uh, just a reminder to us all, there's two ticks come voting time, one for the electorate candidate and the party vote. We're here in Tūranga Nuiākiwa in front of a live audience at Furikoka, Te Wānanga o Aotearoa. While the electorate of Ikarawa Rāwhiti is very much a mix of town and country, most Māori voters here are more likely to be labourers within the primary and rural sectors. But you only have to walk the streets in any town across this electorate, especially Gladstone Road here in Gisborne, to know businesses are in trouble and people don't have enough money. So who's got a plan? Mecca Fight City. Earlier this year, a cabal of government ministers came to uh, Gisborne to release the Tairawhiti Economic Action Plan, which included a TPK report identifying issues such as manukahani, IT and cultural tourism for a booming Māori economy in 2040. Local solutions for local opportunities. Will Labour support that? You have one minute to answer. Absolutely. We support all investment and growing jobs in our electorate here in our region, and I support that personally, uh, having uh, stood on that when I came in front of you for the 2013 by-election, and it was around growing jobs in our region. But in addition to that, Labor's got a policy. It's a $200 million regional development plan, and we've already committed $20 million to the Tairawhiti to build a plant that will make prefabricated homes just along Awapuni there. 
and that will create jobs in this electorate as well as deal with the homelessness issues that we have, not just here in the Tairawhiti, but throughout the coast. So absolutely support that. I just think that roading, railway is another area that we are going to put some money and we're going to open up the Gisborne to Napier Rail if we can prove that it's sustainable. Marama Fox, Iwi Rail got a lot of attention uh, here when the policy was released and you spoke extensively to Iwi, but it will cost $350 million to make it work and the Māori Party was only able to secure $122 million in this year's budget for a whole range of Māori initiatives. So who's on board and how will you pay for it? Your answer, please, in one minute. Iwi Rail is a fantastic opportunity for the Gisborne Tairawhiti area. And it doesn't come from me. It came from the Gisborne people themselves, the Gisborne Rail Co-op. They have been investigating this for the last three years. It's not just about connecting south. It's about connecting all the way up the coast and all the way around to Tauranga. We have to take our people from isolation on the coast and connect them back to the main trunk line. 300 and whatever million is only a smidgen of the budget that currently is given to Kiwi Rail. But this is about Iwi Rail. It's about public-private partnership. We already have investors who want to come and build it because the East Coast is the most untapped potential in this entire nation right now. That we don't have to tell them what to do. They've already told me what they want to do. Your hands, your writing has told us about manuka, has told us about kanuka, has told us about hemp oil production, has told us about um, medicinal mar marijuana and every other type of industry that is going on up the coast. If it costs $3 million to get your trees out and you're only going to get $3 million for it, what a waste of time. The people up the coast want to put a match to those forests. Iwi Rail will connect us all and make sure that we can revitalise this region. For every job you put into rail, you get an equal job in the community. Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth Kerekere, both the Greens and Labour say the regions have gone backwards under national. Give us an idea of the Greens' rural and provincial economic policies in one minute, please. One of the key things is that we want to support what the people in the regions actually want to achieve for themselves and their whānau. Some examples have been said around manuka, these are things around beekeeping, the hemp industry, and I think there are many other innovative ways that we could move forward. One of the things we would like to suggest is around our drug reform law is around legalising, not just decriminalising, but legalising medical marijuana and marijuana generally. I think clearly this is the Tairawhiti. This will be an ideal place to create a particular industry around this. And also, I'm an artist, so that's a real focus for me because of the creative and talent possibilities that we have in this region, whether that's tourism or that's creating products that go from here out into the world. Too often, people who are in the big cities, all the money, all the attention goes to them. The Greens are completely committed and utterly committed to making sure that the resources come here. Kia ora. Uh, Mecca, I just wanted to come back to you. You've visited Labour branches in some of the most economically depressed areas of this electorate. Constituents have told you it's tough. How would their lot improve? if Jacinda Ardern becomes Prime Minister. And I notice on the uh, Māori television poll that she was actually polling very high among Māori women, uh, mm. about 45% in fact. So tell me, 
I'm pleased to belong to a party that has really comprehensive policies that will address the poverty issues, the homeless issues, the housing challenges, the health, the education. Uh, but with Jacinda, what you see on TV is what she's like in real life. She is absolutely a positive uh, person, very engaging. And if you Google her, uh, she made a statement when she first came in Parliament that she was against the foreshore and seabed. So these are really good indication as Māori people where this particular leader and Jacinda is going to take the party uh, when we take office in September this year. It's important that we have a major party who's going to put the major putera in to address those issues that are confronting many of our whānau around Ikaroa Rāwhiti, but around the mutu. Tēnā koe. Let's go to the floor now and take a question. And Tina mm. Karaitiana has our question from the floor. You talked about health. My understanding of health is that the legislation is prescribed for population basis. Therefore, we don't have enough money because our population regionally is only about 45,000. So are you saying to us now that you are advocating to change legislation to a needs-based funding, which would mean that Tairawhiti with a high population of health issues would then get the money that they deserve, because currently they don't. Who would you like to answer this question, please? I think I'll take that one too to you, Marama, simply because you're at the table now. And if that has been the case, then why haven't we advocated? We have advocated, actually. But we're a party of two people, so we don't win all the votes. I can't tell National what to do. I can go and advocate, I can go and influence, and I can go and try. Māori health organisations, like Ngāti Porau Haura, have always had targeted needs-based assessment. One of our biggest problems is, is that our DHBs are our funders. They decide from the money that they get where it goes, but they're also a provider. So guess where they put it? Back to themselves. That doesn't work. We, our policy is to take that money off DHBs, leave them as providers, and have iwi health authorities that sit alongside government and direct the money to the people who actually do the work. And the little bit of money that I have been able to command, which is only $2 million for suicide prevention, it went straight to grassroots organisations like this one that was able to provide hands-on support for our young people for Takatapui and Kaupapa Māori models. We want Kaupapa Māori models of practice always, every day, because they are the future, they are our people, and our people know how to fix our people. And so we want the money to go straight to the targeted group, not the big formula. After you've applied your formula, can you please just apply common sense? Coming up, will Labour repeal the Māori Party's much maligned Te Ture Whenua Māori Bill? The Wero 2017 has been broadcast from Firikoka, Te Wharewanana o Aotearoa in Gisborne, with the three candidates for Te Ikaroa Rāwhiti, Marama Fox of the Māori Party, Green Party's Dr Elizabeth Gerekere and the current MP Labour's Mecca Whaitiri. It's perhaps the most important and controversial piece of land legislation facing Māori in 20 years, the Ture Whenua Māori Bill. An estimated 80% of Māori-owned land is in Te Rafiti and the neighbouring Wairiki electorate. The Ture Whenua Māori intends to give Māori landowners greater autonomy to make their own decisions. 
But Labour says if it becomes the government, they'll scrap it. Mika Whaitiri. You're fronting the Labour Party attack on Te Ture Whenua. Te Ururua Flavel has called you a liar. He reckons that if there's any confusion amongst Māori landowners, it's because you've lied to them. Your response, please. Oh, kia ora tato. A very important kaupapa that I'm proud to be associated with. Um, not of my choosing, uh, but because of the people of Ikaro Rafati that approached me to say you need to watch this piece of legislation. Can I just say on, um, on Tudoro's um, allegation that I lied, I actually challenged him to a debate on his bill, and I'd even go to his electorate of Wairiki. So much do I believe that this is the wrong piece of legislation because every academic, every lawyer, uh, you've got land corporations, you've got landowners, they actually don't want it. You had a Waitangi Tribunal uh, report that came out and also slammed it. We always told uh, the minister and also my co-leader, if she recalls the meeting I had in, in Wellington with her about the concerns that people were raising about this particular bill. And yet we've seen about 120 changes to it and they'll say that it's because they were listening, it actually is a poorly drafted piece of legislation. Everyone knows that. But the critical thing for me is that in the Act, there is a principle called protection and retention. In the bill, the retention and protection as a principle has disappeared and it's been overrun by development. So I'm concerned that the development side has taken precedence over the protection side. That is why we've spoken out, and that's why we've said we will repeal it if it went through, but now I think it's going to be a change of government, so it won't proceed. Marama Fox, your response? Uh, kia ora, everyone. I know that the Turi Whenua has been a contentious issue up and down the coast, but actually I think you have been misled because not every academic and not every lawyer is against this. Talk to Matanuku, he's one of yours. He runs one of your trusts and he fully supports it. So there's one lawyer right there. I could run off a list, but we'll go on. The thing is, is that Tūrero and Mika have been debating this bill in the House for weeks and weeks and weeks. Don't need another special debate to do that. They did it every night over the Tūre Whenua. That's what happens in the House. There is some fundamental key points in the Tūre Whenua. One, it puts the autonomy back in your hands. You are the landowners. You get to decide, not the Māori Land Court. You do. The Māori Land Court can be there to adjudicate when there is a difference of agreement or a contentious issue or something that's broken the law. But to go to the Māori Land Court just to succeed, you don't have to do that. The administrative function of the Māori Land Court is being moved away into an MLS, the Māori Land Service. Now, the Waitangi Tribunal came out against the Tūri Whenua, but that was the exposure draft. The draft not the actual bill. Well, this is important, so we need to address the issues. So the draft was the thing that the, Tudifenua, that the Waitangi Tribunal adjudicated on, not the actual bill. The minister has made over 100 changes because he has listened to every submission, responded to every submission, and made changes. The reason it was pulled is because we ran out of time in this election cycle. We could have got it done under urgency in two days. But we decided not to. We can decided I, not to because we listened to the people. Well, I've children. got you there, though, Marlon. Oh, can yes. I just say the Weepere Trust, as a private business enterprise, is opting not to use the Ture Whenua, but it does support it. So, is the bill uh, flexible enough to allow that to, to meet the diverse needs 
of Māori landowners? Well, well, you should probably put that question to the Wipere Trust, but what I understand from them, so I don't want to misquote them, but what I understand from them is that they have been able to navigate themselves around the current Tūri Whenua, which they believe doesn't actually work, but because they've had all of these years to try and navigate around it to work with it despite all of its failings, don't want to go ahead and just change straight away. There needs time to be moving into a new bill. So they have come out and supported it, but they have currently existed under this one. So yes, there will need to be time for the changes. Thresholds change. The rules change. It puts the power in the hands of our people, and people need to have the time to adjust to that, which is why we didn't rush it under urgency so that the minister can take the time to get education out to the entire community in the next government. Elizabeth, (laughs) the Green MP Marama Davidson supports Rangatiratanga for whānau, hapu and iwi over their whenua, supports capacity training and education and land development. That's all there in the Ture Whenua bill. But confusingly, the Greens will vote against it. What's up with that? Not so confusing. Could I have a quick hands up of everybody who's actually read the draft bill? Kapai. So it's about this fact. So the first thing I would say is someone who gets paid to write for a living, I made more than 100 changes to the notes that I was preparing for my speech tonight. For something like that, it will take thousands of little things and details to get the details exactly right. Some of the concerns that we have as the Greens in terms of having our people decide for themselves what's best for them in our relation to, to our own land is A, knowing what the implications of all these changes are. What is the Māori Land Service? doesn't really exist. To give us an example, there's not a lot of detail around that. So we're saying, actually, there are experts out there. So it's nice to hear there's one, at least one lawyer that, that supports it. When the well, Māori, I can give you a list. When, <laughs> when the Waitangi Tribunal says, yes, this is great, when most of our iwi say, this is awesome, this is exactly what our people need, that's a good place to start to, get, to at least try to aim for. Mika, I'll allow you very, very briefly to respond to maybe the main part of Maidama. So just just be clear, We Petty Trust has its own act. They've got their own act. Their support of it is from a perspective of they've got their own consideration. This bill actually has opt-out clauses for those entities that have been able to pull the ear of the minister. Namely, Tuarapaki, it is. They've got an out clause in this because they don't want to barve it. And also Whakatū. So they have got an out clause. And there all I are wanted to say, exemptions that have been made that, that, that the minister has agreed to. That yep. includes Ratanapa as well. That's there right. are special That's right. circumstances. So my point is, why are people opting out of something if it's not conducive to them? If it's conducive, they would allow it to happen. But some entities have gone to the minister and want opt-out clauses. So I just want that to be really clear. The other issue about empowering landowners, this bill has kaitiaki, kaifakamarumaru, they've got all these positions that will be appointed to manage your land if you haven't organised yourself. That's the part they're not telling you. It's in the bill. If you don't have a chairperson or governance board, one will get appointed to you whether you like it or not. Marama, back to you again. Why does National want its role in Māori land tenure reduced? National's role as a government? Because it's not their land. They don't want to be involved in our land. They want Māori to take ownership of Māori. It's rangatiratanga. Now, if we can get them out of the way, then that would be fantastic, actually, because why should, and this is what has been told to me from lawyers, and it cites for one of them, why does a Pākehā court system get to adjudicate over Māori land? 
It might be Māori judges who work within the Pākehā law, but it's still the Pākehā law. Now, we've tried to get tikanga in there that addresses the issues of whāngai. We've tried to address the issues of if you have no trust, then what? Nothing happens. If you've got no succession, then what? Nothing happens. The Māori Land Court uh, record, we don't have a Māori Land Court in Wairarapa. We've got to travel three hours to Hastings and sit there every day looking through the files to find out the, the issues around our whenua. So if it goes online digitally... More of our whānau can have access. They can be charged with the job of finding lost landowners, and there are hundreds of them, thousands of them. Te Tumu Paidoa is built on the back of them. There's no one there to collect the money that they get. So that's why we think get the government out, put it back in the hands of Māori. Well, make no mistake about it, the hand of treaty negotiations Minister Chris Finlayson is involved in the Māori land bill, and at the same time, he's been steering treaty settlements for the last nine years. Over 80 treaty settlements have been signed from AIPs, that's agreements in principle, to full settlements. Four AIP occurred just this month alone among the Whakatohia, Te Runana or Ngāti Whātua, Moriori and Ngāti Maniapoto. In fact, Christopher Nason even praised Labour MP Nanaia Mahuta for helping get Maniapoto over the line. In Te Ikaroa Rāwhiti, all major iwi have settled historical claims except Gisborne-based Te Aitanga Mahaki. Meka Whaitiri, National. 80 deals in nine years versus Labour's track record of nine settlements in nine years. Are treaty settlements a priority for Labour? Absolutely, and we support all treaty settlements uh, that are made. And I just want to um, make a comment about the 80. Uh, for those that have been treaty settle uh, negotiators, you get two platforms to negotiate your claims. One through direct negotiations, which you go straight to the Crown, and one you go through the tribunal, where you share your story. And I'm all for people settling as fast as quickly, but what you're seeing in a lot of treaty settlements now, hauraki uh, at the moment uh, with uh, Tauranga Moana, is that those that have gone direct negotiations sometimes come unstuck because their stories aren't being told. And then people are saying, we had this and, we that, and we've got no tribunal report to actually say what your concerns were. So I acknowledge that uh, under Chris Finlayson, he has whipped through and got the settlements through. But one thing I re- really do note is unless people have had the ability to tell the mummy and the story of what happened to them, then we've got nothing to leave our mokopuna. Treaty settlements, are they too crown-driven? So my experience as a Rongwhakata negotiator, you're in a completely uneven playing, playing field. They've got all the resources, I mean the Crown, and you as a treaty negotiation are at the beck and core of your people and what resources that you can, you can attain. Rongwhakata didn't have a forest, so we had no asset to do our negotiation. So it just means that you need to know each treaty settlement and the unique characteristics so you get the best deal out for them. But um, it is very much Crown-driven. Elizabeth Gerekere, the treaty settlement process can be divisive between iwi against iwi, even hapu against iwi. Is the current process used by the Crown, including the current quantum, to identify financial settlement the best deal for Māori, do you think? The fact that we will go through a process where the government will check all of the research that you have painstakingly created and all of the hurt over decades and centuries that have been experienced by your people and lay it out there for their consumption and they will say, hmm, we'll pay you 1% of that and you should be thankful. So the Greens, our policy which... uh, 
part of our treaty policy is we want to do away with full and final. Any iwi, anywhere in this country, regardless of when they might have settled or what part of the process they are in, is that they can come back to the table to say, now, about that 99%, especially where there is new, new information, uh, this is a historical debt. Our people are feeling the pain every day from the fact of that land and all of our economic base and everything else trying to be taken off us. We have agency. The other thing that we will do away with is large natural groupings. Every single iwi should be able to speak on its own behalf and make decisions for its own people. We should not, as has happened here, as it happened in many places, when we're the little iwi, the vast Ngāti Poro up there and Kahungunu down here, each little iwi has a chance to speak for its own self. We will go back and revisit every one that's been negotiated. The Millennials. There's been a lot of talk about rangatahi and the change they could make on September 23rd. But of course, the million dollar question is, will they actually get up and get out and vote? Student poverty, the unlikelihood of home ownership, high student debt, overqualified and underpaid if they get a job. These are the issues dominating the minds of millennials. Marama Fox, let's go to you first. Why should a Māori youth give you their vote. Awesome. I have uh, nine kids. I have 19 people living in my house right now. My five sons, their four wives, my eight muko. Actually, it's grown. It's past 19 now. My three daughters and my husband, two dogs, two cats and two horses. Um, <laughs> and it's full to overbrimming. But they keep me in touch every day with what it's like to live and to be able to survive and get out of there. We've done two things. Electoral participation money was um, guaranteed in the last budget. That right now is the programme you see out and about called hashtag FFS for future's sake. They stole that hashtag from me. I wanted hashtag FFS for Fox's sake, but uh, they pinched it. Uh, the other thing we did is a programme called Passport to Life, which was developed here by Tairawhiti Reef and Ani Pahuru Hudiwai. Uh, and um, she uh, said, we need five things a driver's licence, number two, a bank account, and all of the education around financial management, number three, a a tax number, the information about where your taxes go when you work, and therefore, number four, enrol to vote, so you know where you want to spend your tax dollar with which party, and the last one, an actual passport for ID, yes, but also because when you put a passport in the hands of our young people, they raise their eyes above their valley, above their hood, and they start to dream about their future and make their pathway to it. That's Passport to Life. That was developed here in Tairawhiti, and we got Putia for it. Kia ora. Mika Whaiteri. With Jacinda as the Labour leader, Calvin Davis as its deputy, Labour's no longer looking so pale and stale. Have you got the policies that will mobilise Māori youth to the polls come September 23rd? And I noticed that 18 to 25-year-olds are polling very high in terms of um, favouring Jacinda. And I thought I was the youth lock of the Labour Party, but... um, (laughs) 
but yeah, Jacinda, um, so for, uh, for our young people, here's a couple of policies that I'm really proud that we've announced. Obviously, free defensive driving and free licences for all our secondary school students that are at school about to leave, because we actually believe that if we send our kids off with their full licence and be able to drive properly, that's going to help them into jobs. Uh, we're going to raise the minimum wage to 16.50. Again, that will help our young people as they're getting into their first-time jobs. We're actually going to give six months uh, work for those that are unemployed and that's just to give them work ready and get them used to getting up and going to work. Uh, that's all targeted at our young people, particularly in community-based mahi. I'm a mum of two teenage, well they're not teenagers now, 19 and 20, boys that are currently studying at tertiary education um, and they struggle even though I work and pay for every bloody thing. Um, that is a struggle and my oldest boy is actually working part-time even though he's studying part-time. My point being for our young people, uh, we want to invest and give them three, three years tertiary education, whether it's at university, whether it's apprenticeship training, whether it's anything, because we believe investing in our young people. 91,000 of, un, of young people in this country have been really left behind by this government, and Labor has the policy to re-engage with all those 90. That's why they should vote for Labor. Dr Elizabeth Kerekere, do the Greens have the answers? Mostly young people don't vote because they actually don't see how it would change their life. They don't know how it impacts what happens in Wellington. And quite often, for a lot of Māori and young people, can't tell the difference whether National or Labour is in. Who's going on? They've become interested absolutely because now there's a young person leading that party. For the Greens, we believe that we have ways of connecting and working with young people that's actually what are the issues that are important to them? So going out and finding out from young people. My background is around part of my work is in youth development. I'm co-chair of Aratauhi, the peak body for youth development in this country. And as you say, I mentor youth leaders around the country. And so some of those things are about, A, finding out what's important for young people themselves, not us telling them what we think they should do. Two, encouraging them, making sure, obviously, that they're enrolled, having a discussion. Because also, if the parents are not really interested in what's happening politically. They're not knowing who they're voting for, or still some of my cousins my age are still just voting for the same party because that's who their parents told them to vote for. So have some of those conversations. Drive them to vote. Talking about 19-year-olds for a start is a good place to segue to the national government's new boot camp for young serious offenders. The Commissioner of Police will classify 14 to 17-year-olds who break the law as young serious offenders if they reach a certain threshold. Once they do, they're judged as adults. Young serious offenders are those who have committed serious assaults, sexual assaults, aggravated robbery and murder. The Police Youth Offender Risk Screening Tool is a risk assessment test consisting of 14 questions, each worth zero to five points. Mecca Whaitiri, according to this tool, 5,000 369 of our youth in Ikaroa Rāwhiti have raked up four points already simply because they belong to a decile one school. Your response, please. Clearly, uh, we don't support the boot camps. We just think it's a load of um, crap. Um, and every research into boot camps have shown that they don't work. I just want to touch on uh, last year, 1,900 youth convictions in our courts, 1,200 of those 19 were Māori. 
I know that this initiative had no Māori input because I'm sure Marama would have told them to boot themselves to touch. I'm tired of seeing these uh, frameworks that really disadvantage our people. And that's what you've just read out as an example of many frameworks that already put our young people at a completely disadvantaged space. This boot camp is targeting 150 of the serious offenders, which we believe are just going to teach uh, those lot uh, how to be fit and fast the little crims, all right? But I want to say, what about the other 99,905 young people that are not this serious, and why aren't we doing something about those lot? So I'm just saying that this is a waste of time and it's a distraction, and we should be focusing on the positives of our young people and having policies to enable them rather than incarcerate them or put them in boot camps. Dr Elizabeth Kerekere. Well, firstly, I will just say this is signs that National is getting scared because they're pulling out another version of the race card. They create fear and they go, it's okay, we're going to save you. We're going to take all these bad, naughty children off the streets and we're going to send them away and fix them up in a boot camp. So for a start, absolutely, research all says not only are they not effective, they usually make the children worse, uh, young people worse. It is in, in and of itself quite an abusive, violent situation. People who choose to go to boot camp because they want to go into the army, they've done some thinking in their mind about what they want to do and what they might want to experience. This is not that. This is not youth development. This is not doing what's good for our young people at all. The other thing that is critical about this is that they've snuck in that thing of instead of saying you become an adult by age and legal definitions, they're saying you do it by deed. Now, I wrote the first report that New Zealand did on the United Nations Conventions to the Rights of the Child, and it absolutely and completely contravenes the United Nations Convention to classify our young people as adults, put them in adult prisons, and this is something that the national government does not care about. They do not care. They have repeatedly been questioned by the United Nations to fix this up. So again, it's another little gambit for the election, just another indication that they're running scared. Let me, kia ora, kia ora Elizabeth, let me just go back to that risk assessment test, and if you're not attending school, if you're not in work, five points. If you or your family have ever had an intervention from CIFs, four or five points. If a family member has recent criminal history, four points for a parent, five points for a sibling. If you're in a motor park or living in a car, five points. Marama Fox, this is racial profiling at its worst. How can the Māori Party support a partner that introduces this? I absolutely do not support this entire rubbish and I'm on borderline want to swear about it. It makes me so freaking angry because boot camps don't work. They've never worked and they are a pathway to abuse and incarceration. And just as Mika said, we just turn uh, hardened little criminals into fit little criminals. That's all they do. Because if we don't deal with the underlying issues of why they're there, they will continue to commit crime forever. If they have PTSD because they've been abused, if they have a mental health disorder because they've been disenfranchised from the system, these are the reasons they're out there committing these crimes. We as whānau can make a difference in the lives of our young people. When we change what we do in the four walls of our own homes, we will change our society, and the most important work we will ever do will be within the four walls of our own homes. Our young people deserve our love, and they deserve our trust, and I'm appalled by this. Those risk factors are complete codswallop. 
That's the nicest word I've got. Because here's something that bucks every single risk factor that they talk about. Rako Manga Manga got the highest pass rates for NCA levels 1, 2 and 3 in this country in 2016. Bet every other well-paid private school in this country. What did they have that was different in this area of Huntley of great social deprivation? They had language, culture and identity. That's what saves Let's go. Let's go to the floor for a question. Peter Cross, to my kōrero mai. Kia ora tato. I just wanted to ask a question about, about the, the, the value of being the government versus being a partner to a government, and that's especially around, around MPI. For us, MPI is the biggest ministry that impacts Māori. It's not the Māori Ministry of Māori Development, it's MPI. They take responsibility for all our lands, for all we grow, for all the jobs that our people work at, forestry, anything rural, it's all to do with MPI. What I want to ask, in the period of, of time that we've had the last three sets of governments, we've never had a senior Māori appointment to MPI, to any other ministry at all. And so one of the things that happened this year was the outbreak of Myrtle Rust. I think we all heard about that. Myrtle Rust came along, and so MPI called all these meetings around. They were set up by FOMA all around the country. I went along to one. And the one question that the MPI uh, staff said is, how do we talk to Māori? Mika, you, you talked about being the Associate Minister of Primary Industry. If you were the Minister for Primary Industry, how would you look at Māori involvement in senior ministry level? What would I do? I've got a track record of appointing very good, finding very, very good and able Māori people to very senior roles in iwi authorities as well as when I work in the public sector. So I'm committed to making sure that we won't have anybody that will say something stupid like, how do we speak to Māori? In MPI, if we were able to be in government, I can commit that to you because... We need to broaden our expertise and touch as Māori MPs in industries or in sectors that are going to have impact on our Tēnā people. Koe. This electoral debate of the Wero 2017, a post-debate critique on the candidates' performance and an electorate profile. Dr Elizabeth Gerikere, three political leaders have walked... One more is about to go, Peter Dunn. It's been a season for change and politics is about the art of compromise, corridor deals and cross-party concessions. What's your personal bottom line? What's the no-go-past-the-po deadline <laughs> in the ground for you? Any job I've ever been in, I've usually had to leave because it got to the point where it got to my this is it and I will not go past. I've spent most of my life as somebody who has been a Māori father and a Pākehā mother and I have been the Māori in the organisation that is the bicultural person that helps show the Pākehās how to do things properly, that liaises with the local iwi and figures those out. That has been my life. I've said, when people have said to me, oh, you're like a bridge, and I was going, I wanted to blow up the bridge, but <laughs> this, is, this is how it is. And so... I had to become self-employed about 16 years ago <laughs> because these are my core values. And I suppose for me, I stand for the Greens because their core values match mine, which is about the treaty, which is about eco-wisdom. It says that Papa Tuanuku is everything. It is about non-violence. As someone who grew up in poverty and violence, I think we can all do without it. So long as I know the core values are there and they are solid and I believe in them, we can debate 
on other things. We don't have to agree on everything, but so long as those core values are upheld at every point, that's where it stops. I want you to finish off this line and tell us who said it and what it means to you. To love our people, to serve our people, and above all else, to hold the line. Sorry. He did also put in to feed our people. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> in terms of holding the line, um, one thing I will never compromise is on our values as Māori people. Uh, for me, it starts within my own family. And if you know my mother and my aunties and my sisters and my brothers who constantly tell me, oh, goodness gracious, you know, blow your nose before you get up and talk in Parliament, gets down to that kind of personal level about making sure that we are serving the people, uh, that we're not doing anything to embarrass your own whānau first and foremost, and to make sure that it's surrounded in love and, um, and service. So for me, holding the line is really about standing up for the rights of our people, not just by our waha, but actually by doing it with your hands and understanding that Parliament is not a tikanga place, but while we're in there as Māori wahine, as Māori politicians, that we don't cross the line and trade our values as Māori people. And that's one thing that I've hopefully been able to achieve and will continue to achieve if I'm successful in this, in this role. Kia ora tātou. Marama, the hounding of Māori MPs by the media, metiria ture, a case in point, the vitriol levelled towards Māori MPs by fellow colleagues, Winston Peters' attack on Te Ururoa's youth of the real Māori in the House, case in point, verbal attacks on Wahine MPs, tops party leader Gareth Morgan referring to Jacinda Ardern as lipstick on a pig. Why put up with it? Tariana Tudia said to me when I first came into Parliament, Marama, if you've got something to say, stand up, say it loud, say it proud, and don't apologise. I used to do the nod and smile a lot, because you nod and smile and, you know, hold on to this. And I get told off now for not being mana-enhancing all the time because I call it a spade as a spade as I see it. But I haven't got time anymore. I haven't got time to muck around with trying to appease a group of people who are horrible just to try and, and ignorant. I don't bother with that anymore. I'm just yeah. going to call it how it is. And our people, you know, they see that and they respect that. And our wahine, we do that. Everyone tells me, if you want the job done, give it to a busy woman, because they're already doing it. I don't know anybody busier than Māori women and Māori women in Parliament. Sorry, our Māori men, I know you fellas are pretty busy too. But you know, here's a difference. When our men walk out the door in the morning, they go, see you later. Women walk out the door in the morning, they go, who's getting the clothes off the line? Have a baby take, get her lunch in the bag, and who's going to da 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 I'm not going to put up with that anymore. And when they throw shade, I'm just going to call them out because it's not right. And we're stronger than that and we're better than that and we stand up for that every day. Mahi a te mahi. This is Te Wero 2017 at Whirikoka Te Whare o Gisborne before a live audience with the three candidates contesting Te Ikaroa Rāwhiti Marama Fox from the Māori Party, Dr Elizabeth Kerekere from the Greens and Labour's Mecca Whaitiri. Let's wrap up now with some final and convincing words from our candidates. Let's start with you, Marama Fox for the Māori Party. Look, whānau, it comes down to this. We vote Māori because we're Māori. We don't have to put our party angles first. Our party is ourselves. 
Our party is our people. Our party is our values. We get our values from our ancestors. And I can tell you now that if Māori had been involved in the allocation system and model of water in this country, they would not look like those rivers now. Before there were greens, there was Māori connected to our whenua by whakapapa, and those are our values. Vote Marama Fox because I fight for you and your values and our people every day, and I never have to choose whether it's my party or myself. Now, I know that Labour said that they never vote against the treaty claim. They voted against Point England. I know that the Greens believe in tetiriti, I know that they do. In fact, our policies are closest, most closely aligned, but our people are left-leaning, and I can see the day when there's Jacinda and Marama, and maybe somebody from the Greens, <laughs> running this country. We could change the world, but I need your electorate vote to do it, and that's what I'm asking for. Dr Elizabeth Kerekere, Green Party, your final and convincing words to our audience. These are amazing women you've got in front, put myself with them, two very experienced wahine here. Make no mistake though, our policies are different. There are different things that we focus on, we have different viewpoints in different ways. For people who do read policies, go and check those out. Check on our websites to talk about who we are, what we stand for, perhaps more of our experience we're saying if you want to clean up our waters, if you want to actually stop seismic testing that is destroying our coastline, if you want to stop oil drilling in this country that will continue to cause earthquakes, if you want to pull our people out of poverty and you know that you can see how those things are all connected, we cannot fight climate change without getting rid of poverty. The Greens are bold. We have awesome Māori MPs, potential MPs, and we're asking for your party vote. Kia ora. Kia ora, Mika Whaitiri, Labour MP, to my kōrero mai. For me, uh, as your incumbent, I'm just pleased to stand in front of you to put the record out in front around what we've been doing in these last uh, four years, but more importantly, saying that there is going to be a change of government. We are going to see a change of government because people want change. The policies that we've been able to touch about are going to address the issues that are confronting many of our people here in Tatairawhiti. Homelessness, employment, regional development, our health and in our education system. So why Mika Whaiteri, why Labour? Because I'm excited to belong to a party that in this election you will see 12 to 13 Māori come into Parliament under the Labour banner. It's not about working with um, different parties. We're all going to work. But the important point for me is having good Māori in Parliament in a major party because I believe Māori deserve a major chunk of the resources that come in this government and you can only achieve it if you've got a Māori. If a mainstream party, like Labour, is in government to do the do's on behalf of our people. Kia ora tātou. Tātia tewi, nā te reo irirangi o nā te parau a te wero rua mano te kaumāwhitu i whakatū i whakapāho ka mihi ake rāki wanakai mahi. Thank you for joining Te Wero 2017, brought to you by Te Whakaruruhau o nā reo irirangi Māori and Te Māngai Pāho. Thank you and good luck as well to our candidates, Marama Fox from the Māori Party, Dr Elizabeth Kerekere from the Greens and Labour's Mecca Whaiteri. Tēnā koutou.